Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the... So we got bored during quarantine and we started a podcast. Podcast. <laughs> welcome back. My name's Emma. And I'm Sarah. And we are two entertainers currently out of work due to the pandemic. But we talk about all things entertainment with the help of a little initiator called the Random Word Generator. Shall we get it started? Let's. Random. Random. Random word generator. I feel like we're getting more in sync. And the word is gorilla. Not gorilla, but gor- so guerrilla. Guerrilla. I would say one person who should be able to pronounce that. Surely it should be you. Yeah, I know. The first Can time I heard. Can you define what guerrilla is for me again? Uh, it's a type of fighting which I guess doesn't follow traditional or the old fashioned way of fighting, which was like, I. Declare war! I shall fight you here now in this field. Attack! Um, so there's like a lot of skirmishes. Okay. So for example, let's say one party is taking materials on down this road, and they'll get randomly attacked on by these like hidden warriors in the mountains and the sides, and a lot of Robin Hood like style not, a bit. Yeah, not so. Guerrilla literally translates to like little war. A little war. Do you have any inspiration for this topic? It's very political. It is. And we've just kind of discussed... We're, we're not very political, Cutting are we? edge, which feels... All right. Tell me stop, and I will stop. Okay. Stop. Carve. We just had <laughs> we cutting. We had cutting. No. Although, you know what's funny? When I hear carve, I think of wood carvers. I think of a delicious jamón serrano. I'm really sorry for you vegetarians and vegans listening to us. I think um, of Sweeney Todd. Whoa. I guess that's also delicious for those the eating The demon it. barber of Fleet Street. Mm. I've never seen the film. Oh, I, I have. You have? That's Is how it? I found out about it. I didn't even know it was a musical. Yeah, it's later. originally a musical. Um, I don't know if it's, it must have started from a book, presumably. I don't know. The Demon Carver of Fleet Street. Is it really the Demon Carver? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sweeney Todd. The Demon Barber. Sorry, not Carver. Oh, that makes Demon sense. Demon Barber. Of, that's what I said the first time around, I think. Uh, maybe I didn't. I might listen no, to this No, I think so. Oh, well. So, yeah. The Demon Barber of Fleet Street was a 2007 film. It's also, wherever the musical is, a musical. It's the book. Let's see. Sweeney Todd. Book. Moment of truth. Come on, Google. Mm, well, it says Stephen Sondheim as the writer, and that's the <laughs> that's the musical. Uh, Maybe creator. it's based off like like an urban myth. I think Maybe. it is. Yeah, I think it is a. Um, oh, well, here we are. Or maybe of the news clipping. Sweeney Todd is a fictional character who first appeared as the villain of the Victorian Penny Dreadful serial, The String of Pearls. The original tale became a staple of Victorian melodrama and London urban legend. A barber from Fleet Street, Todd murders his customers with a straight razor and turns their bodies over to Mrs. Lovett, his partner in crime, who bakes their flesh into meat pies. The tale has been retold many times since in various media, most notably in the Tony Award-winning Broadway musical Sweeney Todd, The Demon Barber of Fleet Street by Stephen Sondheim and Hugh Wheeler, the musical based on Christopher Bond's 1973 play of the same name significantly deepened Todd's character. Depicts him as a former prisoner, uh, as former prisoner uh, Benjamin Barker, who becomes obsessed with murdering Turpin, the judge who unjustly convicted him and destroyed his family. Claims that Sweeney Todd was a historical person 
and are strongly disputed by scholars, although possible legendary prototypes exist. Legendary prototypes, that sounds This disturbing. is actually from Wikipedia. I was like, wow, okay. Legendary Ah, prototypes. so he's one of the Penny Dreadfuls. What is Penny Dreadful? Uh, it's, um... I've heard of the term, but I don't know what it is. Uh, it's, uh, I, I think it's just like horror literature. If I remember correctly, <laughs> uh, the Wikipedia says it's penny dreadfuls were cheap, popular serial literature produced during the 19th century in the United Kingdom. The pejorative term is roughly interchangeable with penny horrible, penny awful, and penny blood. All of them sound pretty nasty. Yeah. The term typically referred to a story published in weekly parts, even at uh, each costing mm. one penny. Mm. The subject matter of these stories was typically sensational, focusing on the exploits of detectives, criminals, or supernatural entities. See, remember I was talking about the fascination of stories revolving around, like, police. Yes. Uh, so you're you're thinking more, so less criminal and more police than your... Because your, police dramas well, are... Police without criminals is not a police drama. <laughs> true, but we were talking about... Um, uh, like dr- yeah, I was talking about drugs in right? particular, but like now that I think about it, it's like you can even expand that further to oh, I yeah. guess to to yeah, police dramas. Like there is I a fascination with also to to realize that the story of a policeman is always linked to a criminal. Like it's it's what is it the same coin with two, the two sides of the same coin? Yeah, I mean I think that that's I think again it's it's romanticizing a possibly not so interesting uh, area but I think the 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 fascination with those stories is that you have the line of good versus evil that is the, true theoretically the ultimate yeah and uh, yeah. the law is that line and how far can it be pushed on either side uh, until it breaks um and also seeing that those people can be more humane than you think they are uh you also to see that the detective make, detectives can make mistakes, whereas and villains can do right. Yeah. Um, and that that line is is not you know, is kind of blurred. And then there's yeah. a fascination with understanding why there is a law and what happens if the law is enforced and what happens if the law is broken. Yeah. So I think that's where that interest comes from. Because I think you could even argue that all the stories from King Arthur's Table are also kind of like. King Arthur's table specifically. King Arthur's round table. Oh gosh, the Knights of King Arthur's round table. I'm not sure if that's the name. I don't think that's the name. Oh fine. They call them the Knights of the Round Table. But around what? What did I say? The Knights of King Arthur's table. <laughs> Which, if you if you got a couple of like, if, or you just think it's a typo. It was the knives <laughs> of King Arthur's round table. You didn't even say I, round. I put I put the words together. The order might not have been correct. All the right words, all the wrong order. <laughs> you didn't have round. I thought there. I did. I kept I not so. saying the... Di- okay, sorry. No, I, I was so. thinking. I could picture it. Because, I mean, Arthur's table is always round, you know? Also, oh, everyone should know The this. Arthurian legends. There we go. Let's call them. The Arthurian legends, I guess, are also a bit of like that. And many of the myths. You have the, like... I don't know. I, I, I don't know much about Arthurian legends at all. Aren't they always? Aren't they the the beacons of honor and chivalry and well, they're knights. Yeah, exactly. Theoretically, yes. They and and be. knights are defend the people and enforce the law or help no, make that's the law. True. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it could well be. Yeah, they, they could be argued. It's probably similar. But I don't know enough about it to argue it myself. It's a lot more glamorous though being a knight than being a policeman. Well, you get a well. horse at least. I mean, yeah, but in this day and age, a horse won't do you much. No, that's true. 
You get horses, uh, cars. <laughs> so let's go back to carving uh, and Sweeney Todd. <laughs> That's what you really wanted. I haven't got much to say about it. I just, I just, I think it's kind of cool that it's a music. I think it's kind of fun that it's a horror musical. You have deterred me from talking about horses and knights to talk about a murderous musical? Well, you were talking about police. <sighs> no, we can talk about horses is and there, knights. Is there a police man involved in Sweeney Like, that's hunting him? That's, like, close to finding him out? I don't... Horse and I, don't I don't feel that there is. It's just about them getting away with murder yeah i don't, I don't remember them being there i've i mean the thing is i've only heard the music to it i've, I've never seen it or i don't even know the. i have never even seen the, the film so i don't know the story uh that that one portrays and then the music is also kind of operatic it's not opera but it is quite it's harder to understand than like a traditional musical okay because it's it's sung in a way that makes it a bit more difficult to understand. Um, um, let's go back a bit to the history of the story of Sweeney Todd, the Penny Dreadfuls. Like when you dis- you read the description of what they were in like these like weekly stories, it kind of made me think of Goosebumps. Obviously, this was for uh. children, probably, but and that they were really popular when I grew up. I don't know if there's an equivalent for it or if they they've continued and kids still like get to read them. Um, but I am curious what the equivalent. Of something like the Penny Dreadful or Goosebumps is nowadays. I don't know, actually. Is there a version? Yeah, because Goosebumps was so... That word again. Prevalent? Prevalent? We need to Prevalent. Work out. Prevalent. We have to work out what prevalent. that word is accurate. Prevalent. I think... Prevalent. Because prevalent... Because there were so many of them. Is yeah. what I'm trying to say. There were so many Goosebumps books. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Because... Uh, what was his name? Is it... Rick L. Stein is the, the author of them. He's still alive, but I don't know if he still writes them. Um, I mean, I guess you could say Stephen King is like the adult version. But say he's not for kids. Though, no, is not he? for kids. Definitely not. I I don't know. Is there many horror stories now for children? Or do you think people? Because I realize now that gaming also taps into that human need and search for story. You know, like video games? Yeah. And I am wondering if you start seeing that society or groups of people are, you know, getting that need met for stories and scary stories from these games as well. That is quite possible. That is... Because there's uh, a lot of scary games out there. Yeah, but again, I would like to to believe that children are not playing that kind of level of creepy... Uh, not mentally guaranteed, but um, uh, yeah, I would be. Because as a kid, you're always. It's fascinating the 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 idea. I don't. It's just like this. Um, you you fear it, but you're 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 curious. You want to know what it is to be scared, and you want to know what the the scary story is, and you want to hear it, even though you're not supposed to, and you know you're going to be ha- struggling to sleep. And yeah, there is. It, it's kind it's of the idea of it being almost taboo right it's always always the intrigue with what you're not allowed to have again we're back to the lore uh oh my goodness so do you think the intrigue is more about it being um forbidden or is it yeah or is it that that idea of like you know how much can you get away with yeah because i guess now as an adult I i think now like i'm not too keen on scary movies yeah, it's also because the ones they produce 
for adults are just terrifying. There, sorry, he's written so many books. Arl I've Stein? added a few of I've added a few of them together so far, and I'm at 152, and there are like loads and loads more. Oh really? So the actual there's like 75 Goosebumps books, mm-hmm. but then he's written other. So R. L. Stein has written other, um, other series, uh, Fear Street. Uh, I think they're all in the same I- Is idea. Is it Pet Cemetery as well? Cheerleaders, <laughs> Rotten School, The Nightmare Room. These are all, and there's like these are series. Also, like The Nightmare Room has twelve. Oh wow. Books. Uh, oh, Goosebumps Horrorland. There's even more Goose. Oh no, there's more. Okay, wait. So we're at seventy-five, and then these ones don't have numbers, but there's at least twenty more there. I just think that I wouldn't want to be in his mind. Or I wouldn't want to live with his mind. Because I feel like you'd always be like, oh, how can I make it scarier? How can I... Oh, no. Okay, wait. All right. Well, I have the official... I just Googled. What's the... How many Goosebumps books are there? 235. Oh, wow. Books. I'd never read a Goosebumps books before. But I feel that I would rather be in his mind than in Stephen King's mind. That's true. Because he's just messed up. Yeah, I don't think I dare read i think i've only seen bits you've read one of his books oh yeah i did you read the gunslinger which to be fair was actually like i think is the first book he's ever started writing i think if I... but really? then he didn't finish it oh and okay. then he he went back to it like decades later Sarah, after did, having you, did you hear did you hear what you just said decades? someone went back to something <laughs> something you've no idea you start things and then stop well, it says I don't go back to them. I tried going back to Game of Thrones. I still haven't seen the last four episodes because I'm dreading it. Um, the thing is that when you're watching things with the hype, it's a lot easier. But then when all of a sudden the hype has passed you, like in the sense like they've gone, they're at a different stage of the hype and you're behind. I just dig my heels in. I'm like, no, I don't know. I'm just maybe it's just my version of rebellion, which makes no sense whatsoever i i just wouldn't want to i just yeah i wouldn't want to be stephen king this is not but i i feel that there was a certain like a children's innocence to the goosebumps books like it was intended for kids yeah like there was you know that that was also part of it i i just had a look now like okay children horror fiction 2020 nothing jumps out as being something that i have heard of before okay uh so i don't know whether there is an equivalent at the moment because, I mean, as a kid, you're always going to be looking for that kind of stuff. I remember having a university friend. She was obsessed with scary movies. Um, and she was, like, even into, like, the Japanese scary movies, which I... Or scary stories. And she found, she would find, like, online forums where people share would share scary stories. Okay. And she was just obsessed with them. She would just read them. And I'm like... And, and like, we've gotten, like, a bit of the Japanese scary stories, but Americanized versions, like The Ring... Um, the grudge, but like when you watch the Japanese ones, like they're more effed up. Are they really? Yeah, the lot scarier. No, than the, than the American ones. Yeah, that is kind of cool. So like, if you want to go to like really badass scary stuff, go to Japanese stories. Okay. I had no idea that, that was even a thing. Yeah, like the original grudge and the original uh, the ring or much scarier i wonder if it's because there's like there's no need for filter even the hunger games uh there's battle royale which is the same premise they all these like youngsters are thrown in an island and the one who survives at the end is the winner 
Okay. And it's called Battle Royale. And it's super bloody. I only saw bits of it. I was like, I don't think I can watch the whole thing. Also, I think it's a Japanese movie. You want to know a f- fun one as well? Have you heard of the game Fortnite? Yeah. Okay, so I knew nothing about Fortnite, um, but I recently watched a uh, YouTube video from Michelle Kerr, who was one of the uh, the original members of Ladylike at Buzz, uh, BuzzFeed. Mm-hmm. She went and did her own thing. Now she does like these these like training for six weeks in a certain thing. Uh, and one of the ones she did was as a professional gamer. She trained for six weeks. She followed a program that they gave her. Uh, and she competed with Fortnite specifically. But what fascinated me about Fortnite is that it's basically the Hunger Games. Oh, so that, that, that now really what Fortnite is like they, they there's this weird thing where you basically fight each other okay. and you um you build stuff to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like you dive into it like you f- you fly into an island mm-hmm. and the games are really short. They're not meant to be like they're 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 kind of planned to be no more than like twenty five minutes. All right. So uh, these these you you arrive on this island and then your aim is to kill everyone else and to be the last one standing. Okay. Um, and there's different places and as time goes the the the, the whole thing shrinks. So the island shrinks. The island is like basically your where where you can go is shrinking. It's like these weird fogs. Uh, which they oh. had also in the Hunger Games. Yeah. It's like there's an awful lot of like Hunger Games kind of uh, l- like it feels like there's kind of re- references to the Hunger Games in here. Yeah. Oh man, I read the Hunger Games books. You know that was one of those series I was a little disappointed with. Oh, because I really liked the first one. I thought it was such a so fascinating, so different, and then it felt to me that the next two were kind of the same. Mm. Um, and that was it. It felt repetitive almost like they were like yeah we're just gonna milk this for what it's worth i know that the last one was quite yeah it was quite different uh in the premise of the story but it always kind of felt the same thing and i was like well i just never stood up the first one the first one i thought was really good and then i just couldn't i thought the rest were a bit Hmm. substandard that's the thing is that when you you binge read them all together they feel like one single book yeah true yeah that is true as well but that was not the reason i mean it just felt it was like the same motions were being happening again yeah again. well i wonder if they have to kind of stick to a certain formula like kind of like you know you expect in a sitcom or a series you know there's a certain there's certain characters that kind of keep coming back i wonder if they do that as well with books or they recommend authors do that i suppose there is similarity i mean it's, there is similarity but yeah, it just wasn't. It just didn't feel. I don't know. Something that that's the one. The one set of books that said stood out to me as being feeling similar. I wonder if I read them again, if I would feel the same way. But well, I could kind of understand, like because a lot of the struggles she has, the character has, kind of keep going, right? They kind of seem like they resolve themselves, and then the next book, nope, we're throwing all of that. Like whether it's her her love life whether it's the, you know, the stability of the country, uh. um, you know, all these things like, oh, okay, she's managed to survive this thing. Um, her sister's safe. Um, she's gone back to the guy that she originally kind of loved. Um, I forgot his name, not Peter. The other one. Uh, the other one. I don't remember his, his name either. I don't know. I was just trying to remember now. That's but... the one we don't like because he's an asshole. Is he? Spoiler. Oh, yeah, he was, wasn't he? Spoiler. Spoiler if you haven't. <laughs> yeah, but it's like one of those things with books is like, for example, the Goosebumps books, you know, you've got 235 of them. But they're completely unrelated. Oh, they're all different yeah, stories. Yeah, they're all different stories. Because I was also thinking that you can have repetition and it still be unique. 
I mean, I really loved the, when I was growing up, the Enid Blyton books, which were primarily at least like kid detectives. Mm-hmm. I thought they were really cool. And so it was like, it was, the, they had things that, they, they followed a similar like naming system, like the, the Fab, not Fab Five, but like Fantastic Five, the um, the Fearsome Four or whatever. And they were groups of, of kids who would, go, would uh, basically uh, be walking around, discover some kind of mystery and try and work it out. Uh, and um, and it was always a similar format. I assume it always happened that you just all met up together, and then you would go. Something would be happening because you'd be playing somewhere or whatever, and then you'd see this. Something would trigger your interest, and then you had this whole story that came from it. But it never felt repetitive. So that's why, because for the Hunger Games, especially the first two, they are exactly the same premise, right? Yeah. She goes back into the same dome or whatever it was, and does the same thing again. Yeah. And the difference is the ending of the second book compared to the first one. Um, and then the third one is a bit different because then you, you know, you're in a different place. It's the full on rebellion. Yeah. But again, it's kind of that fighting thing all the time. So yeah, I don't know. Just had that effect on me. Anyway, carving. Jamón serrano. It's, it is. That is delicious. I think mm. would be the word appropriate word. Carving. Yeah, surprisingly, they haven't made any blockbuster films about people carving things. Do you think Disney's going to do a Pinocchio movie again? Probably. Gebetto's I mean, a carver. He's a wood carver. That's true. Um, yeah, probably. I think they're, I think they're going to redo all their all famous films. Do yeah. them in, in li- what is it called? Live action? Live action. Live action. Uh, I reckon they'll do them all at some point. Yeah, I'm trying to... Pinocchio was one of the... Peter Pan was also one of those stories I just didn't like. Yeah, you keep mentioning that your hatred for Peter Pan recently. Not, yeah, and it's kind of like, it just all of a sudden, well, like, I remembered it, and then it just flared, and I'm like, ugh. Why? I think maybe because I just couldn't relate to it at all, because there was only one female character, well, besides Tiger Lily, which I couldn't remember her, which she must have not appeared very much. She's also... Um, she's not, yeah. Wendy's just so... Ugh. There's Tinkerbell. She didn't talk like a good woman. Uh, Tinkerbell. Yeah, I guess she was sassy. That is true. I don't know. There was just something I, d- I don't know. I love the hook and the crocodile. Yeah, that was, that that was, was good. cool. I think the crocodile no, was I liked, my favorite. I, I quite liked Peter Pan. I, mean, I don't remember it well. I mean, I, that's the thing. I, I remember I just, don't remember that emotion of like, ugh. Yeah. But I think maybe I just disliked Wendy character. Maybe that was it. And Peter Pan was just whatever. Because I'm trying to think of the, the films I have seen from Disney because um, like when you're a kid I feel like by the time you, you get to an adult like you remember the emotion you felt for them like yeah. you enjoyed it or you didn't but you don't know why uh, or that you didn't yeah because for example Pinocchio is one that never stood out to me as is yeah. most of the Disney princesses but I guess that was just and now at some point they're inside a whale like I don't remember the story at all of Pinocchio, Pinocchio. no me neither I don't know whether it, just, it wasn't like, what a standout the, what one. are his challenges to become a, a real boy like that's well, I mean, what the, I don't remember. All, all I remember is that Pinocchio was that he had to be a good boy, and he was. I think basically you you saw him misbehaving, uh, and then he was. That was the problem. yeah. To, like his journey to become the perfect child. Another movie which I know you like because you keep well at least you know I know you like Space the music. Jam. No, is a uh, uh, Space Jam Cats. No. Um, oh, the Aristocats. The Aristocats. Sorry. Yeah, I love the Aristocats. Like I remember getting the the cassette. Yes, cassette people. Um, and watching it, I guess excited because I was hoping it would be something like Lady and the Tramp. I don't know why. That's my head. Um, and I remember being like, 
Right. So maybe because it was like mismatched expectations, but to be fair, I don't remember the story at all. I don't remember it either. Or if there is much of a story. But I thought I liked it. It was. I mean, it's basically yeah. It's like a. It's like a. He's he's a tabby cat. The he's like he's a tramp basically. Yeah. Falls in love and they they falls in love with a posh cat and then they they're off with the, the kittens and the kittens are learning the, the the big wide world and then they go to this jazz band thing and because nothing says underworld like jazz. Yeah, and well, there's there's the a drunken days. goose. I mean, that was funny. I I I, I like the Aristocats. I just don't remember it very well. Yeah. And the songs are great. Everybody yeah. wants to be a cat Because the cat's the only cat Who knows where it's at That one Yeah, it's the only animal that will come pee on your Sarah, door Stop being such a misery guts And we'll look at you and be like, yeah, what? And then you'll be like Whatever you say, cat to be fair, I don't even like cats that much I just I like the Aristocats It was also very colourful, I remember that like I have in my head that it was a very colorful film. It's something that I liked. Yeah, all the cats are different colors to start with. I remember that he was at the beginning the butler who is the one who gets rid of the cats, um, because he finds out that the inheritance is going to the cats. I think that was it. Ah, maybe. But I remember yeah. he's preparing the milk for them. Oh. And he's like putting like salt and like tasting it. Da 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 da. Um, and for some reason that's one of those things that kind of stuck in my head, because. That's kind of popped into my head for two random, well, not so random, but odd things. One is the first time I heard that you're not supposed to give cats actual milk. (laughs) Okay. I was like, oh my gosh, that is wrong. And then the second part was when I learned how to do a bechamel sauce. Okay. This is this has gone down a road I did not expect. Yeah, I know, but it's just because it looked so similar. Because there was the salt and pepper being put into the, the, the milky gooiness. So, oh, so you were like, So oh. then I was like, oh, they must have been giving them bechamel sauce. Could you imagine if your, your cat was living off bechamel sauce? I mean, that would be one fat It would cat. be huge. It would also be hard for it to eat. Just like... Yeah. You would slurp it up like milk, would you? Oh, yeah. I wonder... Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, it was one of those things because it's like a creamy... Well, at least while you're making it, liquid, right? Yes. Until it starts thickening, but you're adding like salt and pepper, and he was condimenting the milk. He was. So I, w- I was. Those are the two situations where I thought, oh, the Aristocats. <laughs> to say, I definitely some 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 weird choices there of how you random you association. There. I don't control how this brain connects things. No, and on that uh, terribly disappointing note, <laughs> we will end the episode. Thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, we have been the Boredom and Quarantine podcast, and you can find us on the social medias at Facebook at Boredom and Quarantine, or follow us and check out what kind of crazy pictures uh, we'll be posting on Instagram at Boredom and Quarantine Podcast. Or you can always go a little slightly more old fashioned, slightly more 90s, and send us an email at Boredom and Quarantine Podcast at gmail.com. We really want to receive an email to tell us yeah. to do something that we can yeah, to challenge us and, and you know what's probably gonna happen we're like no that's too difficult yeah probably we're like i don't like that idea uh, or we don't see the email which is just likely um anyway thank you so much for listening uh drop us an email follow us on the socials uh we have been the so we got bored during quarantine and we started a podcast podcast until soon Bye bye